This is the first episode of Bad Boy Running. Let me just introduce myself. I'm Jodie Rainsford. What's your hashtag, Jodie? Well, on Twitter, it's at UltraRunnerJodie. It's known as a Twitter handle, by the way. It's not a hashtag. Oh, oh, oh it's yeah. A Twitter Good handle. knowledge. Yeah. Thank God you're here. <laughs> here, and keeping I'm, up with technology. I'm David Hellard. Hash, no, tw- Twitter handle. What, what was it? Twitter handle David Hellard. Yeah. Okay, that works. That works. This is the first episode of Bad Boy Running. And because it's an inaugural episode, I understand that you've created a very special theme tune for this. You've got a background in music, of course. Yeah, so, yeah. That, so this is something I've been looking forward to, you know, head chorister, a rather impressive grade C at GCSE <laughs> music. <laughs> and gra- grade five oboe, grade five oboe, which obviously gives you a huge amount of cachet when it comes to composing. So I know you've, you've spent a lot of time dedicated to creating the theme tune for Bad Boy Running. We spent a lot of time in preparation for this, so this should clearly reflect the effort that we've put into this. So I've got to, I've got to confess as well, you'd be amazed by what technology can do these days. So I have jazzed it up a bit. We, oh, I'm not. I don't actually have a live orchestra behind me. If that's what you think. All <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. We're not. There. We have. A, we're getting a bit of voice modulation in as well. Sort of a share style. Kanye. Kanye's involved. Kanye. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Is it a Tim? A Timberland style production number. Got? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, You've I, built I this up so that. much. I, we can have to end the episode straight after because I, I know I won't know what to do. <laughs> it was, it's going to turn from a running podcast into just a, a released hit single. <laughs> is it, this isn't going to be a podcast. This is going to be a lesson in music on iTunes. <laughs> you. Hey, mate, maybe it'd be great six I may see. That's that's what I'm saying. Well, go on, come on, let's 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 hear it, okay? Bad boy, bad boy, bad boy, bad boy, bad boy, bad boy, running, running, running. Who are those boys? Are they good? No, they're bad boys. Bad boy, bad boy, bad boy, bad, bad, bad boy. Wow. <laughs> I, I don't know. Let me repeat it. I'm speechless. I don't. I really don't know what to say. I, how long did that take you to compose? It's been several months now. But, uh, <laughs> That's it. What did you discard in favour of that? What was? <laughs> <laughs> we, well, the good thing is each week it, it differs. It changes. So you so, can hear the ones I did discard. So, <laughs> so this is what we're going to do going forward. Going forward, we're going to basically reinvent the theme tune every episode yes. and. By the time we get to episode possibly 100, 150, we might have something approaching <laughs> something that is classified as music. Which, uh, which, and it, by the way, if you're listening, to, if we are at episode 150 and you're listening to this <laughs> in the future, just remember this day where it all began. Yeah, and if you are listening as 150, oh my God, what are you doing? <laughs> wow. Yes. Don't start with this episode. Go to episode <laughs> 20 or 21 or so. You get, it gets better from there. It's, it's like, what it's like now, it's like in Bill and Ted when they, when they become wild stallions, where they can't play and they're just useless. This is, this is it. This is the wild stallions of podcasting. But actually, we're going we're gonna to come back at 150 and we're going to put the most <laughs> unbelievable theme tune in. And you're going to listen to it and go, wow, how, that's impressive. That's incredible. Well, it could work. Yeah. No, I think that's it. Yeah. You'd be forgiven for thinking this was a podcast about running. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the second time we've mentioned even that word in the podcast so far. It's, it, it, it's that avant-garde. It's that we've, we've dissected, <laughs> we've, we've deconstructed the entire running podcasting for us to not actually speak about running at any point during the actually, podcast. You should probably listen to our, our music podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's all about running. It's just, 
doesn't make any sense at all. But. Are we going to introduce the podcast, why we're doing it, or each other? I think it probably makes sense to introduce why we're doing the podcast. Okay, let's do it. You go for it. Go for it. Well, so the idea behind Bad Boy Running is there's quite a few running podcasts out there. I've listened to them, and they seem to be about an hour and a half each episode. Great for your long run. Great. <laughs> yeah, they are. So that's why you, someone's explaining this, an ultra runner. Well, they, they, they tell you who's won all these events I've not really heard of, and I don't really care. And then they'll interview someone and find out things I'm not really that interested in. And actually, I just find it incredibly dull. And I think running's amazing. And then there's all these emails you get, which are 10 things to do to knock, to get a PB in your 5K. And you read it, and it's, well, wear, wear a T-shirt that's that you've worn before. And breathe. Breathe, yeah. <laughs> breathe. Some... Try breathing. And then the next week is nine things you must do to increase your speed on a 5K. And it's the same list with just slightly moved around words it's just so boring and not helpful so i thought we'd do bad boy running bad boy running where it's just about things we find funny that might be related to running hopefully hopefully related to running or obstacle course racing or adventure ride racing or just anything that involves moving your legs that you can get involved in is that how you see it yeah absolutely absolutely i think we were discussing this before and we decided that our criteria for this was it's got to be amusing first and if we can somehow relate it to running then all the better but you know having said that we are people that know quite a lot about running uh, we'll go into that in a sec but i think by listening to this podcast you will actually get some good insights and good advice we, um, we're lucky enough to know world champions, to know people at incredibly high level. But enough about me. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. So, yeah, I do think it will be worthwhile listening to, not just from entertainment, but a little bit of insight as well. But I wouldn't make that your primary focus. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be you, here for. You will learn a lot, possibly not about running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah about yourself <laughs> about yourself and about us <laughs> yeah okay so maybe that makes sense now it's a good time to do the introductions and so you were talking about champions and you know runners of note and i would certainly put you sir david hellard into that category you know and i, I look at your list of achievements and you know you're you're a marvel of modern science in that you're <laughs> Uh, of everyone, you're the only person I found who's greyer than me, which is which is incredible. <laughs> I'm younger. <laughs> uh, what? Oh, maybe not. No, you're not younger than me. Oh, I <laughs> <laughs> I've had a hard life. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So you're currently part of the Innovate OCR team, which, uh, if you're not into obstacle racing, means obstacle racing, which is arguable whether that's running or it's the new race for life. It's, <laughs> that hurts. That, does it? Does it really? <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been thinking of that a long, long time. And now, now I've said it, it, it sounds pretty pathetic. <laughs> yeah, but you won races before, which is a, a feeling that I've never enjoyed. You've also come last in races as well, which yeah. was a purposeful last in a race, yes. if I remember. And uh, you're also the founder of that esteemed organisation, Beer Belly Running, responsible for <laughs> what I would say is the world's greatest race, the Beerathon. <laughs> Indeed, indeed. If you don't know what the Beerathon is, it's a fancy dress race. It's five laps around a pub, and in between each lap, you drink a pint of something alcohol-related, and you also have a bar snack. It sounds awful, and it pretty much is as well. <laughs> pretty good. And so, especially if you're vegetarian. Especially if you're vegetarian, yes. That's and you get a giant pie or something like that. What, what have I missed out? Surely that's it, isn't it? Yeah, I mean that's that's quite a good summary, actually. I think I'm one of those people that is a reasonable runner. 
But if you meet someone on the street, they'll think I'm a really good runner. But then actually, if you're a runner, you realise that everyone's so much better. And I, I, I know think, what that feeling's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I guess the only other thing is I'm, I'm someone where if you saw if you saw my lifestyle in terms of the other abuse I did to my body in terms of socialising. Yeah, those piercings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You wouldn't think I'm, I take it as serious as I do. But then on to Mr. Jody Raceford. Well, to be honest, Jody, Jody's on this podcast because you always want to have a female and a male on the podcast. <laughs> so when I was interviewing, I made a huge mistake in assuming Jody was. I mean, you even put the voice on, didn't you? No, I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> For quite a while. Well, Jody's one of those people who, if he's in an office, he'd say to the people, oh, yeah, I, I'm a runner. I do lots of running. And they would never believe him. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Everyone goes, you don't, uh, you don't look like a runner. <laughs> <laughs> and then he tells you his, he, he kind of coaxes out of him what he's done. And you go, oh, wow, you've done Marathon de Sabre. Yeah. Transalpine, is it? Yeah. And Jody, he's the person who I think, has the record for the least amount of warning that he's going to run a marathon. It's probably, what, 90 minutes? I think it was 90 minutes. I think it was less being than, in, I think... Bed, in bed to running a marathon. Yeah. And not even like in bed next to a marathon that you've gone and travelled to but you didn't know you had a place in your own bed with your lovely wife to run a marathon. Yeah. That's the, but, that's um, the sort of preparation I thought I, I, I could get away with. <laughs> and, I mean, I've got to say, the performance probably reflected that. <laughs> we're going to talk about that in a minute. We're going to talk about that. In a minute, so. But I mean, you've, you're the first writer I've been friends with, let's say, like running writer. So you've done men's running, you've got your own blog where actually you look at it and you think this isn't just some random guy ranting. It looks quite professional. It's quite impressive. Yeah, it's, tr- it's tricky like that. You can do that on the internet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess you know about those things as well. If I miss anything out, you'd want to kind of throw in there as well. No, I think that's pretty much it. I'm not quick. That's an understatement. So I think if I'm not quick, I'll just go further. That's pretty much my philosophy. Yeah. And you, I mean, you, you do very well at that as well. <laughs> I do. I, you I really excel. excel. Well, I, even when I thought I couldn't get slower, I, I take it down a notch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think hopefully between us, we... We, we could get an average, an average speed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there, there could be races where legitimately I'd come first and you come last. <laughs> no, that's possible. It's always, yeah. but it's very important. It's very important that you get a good spread of experiences, and I think certainly it's it's more fun at the back of the pack. It is. But, well, how do you know? <laughs> I came last, didn't I? In the race. <laughs> so, do you want to explain how we know each other then? Okay, so when I was writing for Men's Running, I got an email out of the blue. I seem to be given certain types of races. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly ones which sort of put me through pain. I was a bit of a, I was a bit of a punch bag, and I think the phrase that someone from the Fitness Writers Association said to me that I was the Carl Pilkington of the uh, running press, which, <laughs> which, which I, I sort of sounds quite good, but it's not. And so I got this email. That's definitely a compliment. That is well, I think that is a compliment. Yeah, a compliment. I don't, I don't think she meant in terms of looks. <laughs> Probably in terms of physique, though. <laughs> Although I do think he weighs less than me, so. Yeah, I think, he's, I think in a race, though, he'd probably have, yeah. Uh, I don't know. 
But anyway, I got an email from the editor at the time saying, do you want to go to Sierra Leone? And I'm like, uh, is it safe to go to Sierra Leone? What for? It's like, oh, it's the Sierra Leone Marathon. And thus begun a chain of events whereby, <laughs> whereby I met Mr. David Hellard here, who was helping organise, and the word organise was, of course, in the loosest sense. I wasn't organising the, the event. I was organising... <laughs> Weren't you? The, who was? The, the PR. The, I think that may have been part of the problem, but I was helping with the marketing. You were helping the marketing. And so, yeah. and so yeah, that's how I met David, and I ended up staying in... The worst hotel in <laughs> Sierra Leone. With the, think, having the worst just experience. just found out a bomb building and just went, <laughs> we'll pretend this is a hotel. It was rustic. It was rustic. I had a genuine Sierra Leone experience. And the marathon, that was actually all right in the end. You know, it was fine. It was fine. I, I remember it so fondly. And so, and that's how, that's how we first met. And well, just to give my viewpoint on what happened. So I, I was pretty chuffed with myself for bringing you on. Mr. J.D. Rainsford, men's running, you know, it's going to be great PR for the, for the marathon. It's going to help raise loads of money next time. Everyone's going to sign up. So I was assuming J.D. was almost our guest of honour, our VIP. So I hadn't really looked into all of his logistics. I just assumed you know, they know what they're doing the day before. So I was staying in this lovely villa with beautiful poster bed and fan. And J.D. was next to the football stadium that had... For some reason, the strongest floodlights in any football stadium <laughs> in the world. I think the whole le- electricity of Sierra Leone was focused on the stadium and also on their sound system. Yes, yes, the sound system. How could I forget? But no lighting in the hotel itself. <laughs> or, or running or water. water. <laughs> or windows. <laughs> or, or mosquito nets. <laughs> or mosquito nets. <laughs> so oh. had to prepare for... The marathon, I mean, we were told 9, 9.30 the night before what time we were being picked up. So you had to prepare in the dark, knowing that there was going to be a lot of fuel on the course, having been reassured that 9.30 the night before, to then find out, um, actually, there wasn't anything on the course. <laughs> <laughs> bring, alone, bring alone your own electrolytes. <laughs> I get, I'm not sure you, you I don't I don't know what time sweatshop in McKenney opens tell us <laughs> about the swag you got after the race you know, the, the oh that was, that was very special because why, why like I crossed the line having run in that thing and only to be told that they'd run out of medals which <laughs> you know that wasn't too bad you kindly gave me your medal because I, I needed yeah. to take a photo of myself with a medal, of course, because that would just be ridiculous. Um, and then I made my way back to the hotel thinking, oh, I'll have, a, I'll have a nice shower now. And I got back to the hotel and, of course, there was no running water. So I had to uh, I had to ask one of the staff members to uh, go and get me a bucket of water so I could go wash in it. And they got me it. Um, unfortunately, they, they made me trade my race shirt for it. <laughs> you would want to wear that. Oh, no, what the, why? <laughs> Although I think I think they were thinking it'd be a good tent for be, the children. It's, well, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure it'd be worth a lot of money. I'm sure it'd be yeah. worth a lot to them. It was better that it went to. I mean, I wouldn't have worn it anyway. It's just you know you don't expect to have to barter in your own hotel for water. <laughs> <laughs> but it added to the occasion. It did add to the occasion. I got I had a really nice cold bucket of water. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get, so that's how we know each other. Yeah, um, it's improved since then. It has. We've had a few shared racing splits. We've done a hundred miler. Hundred miler together, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did. Well, I didn't do the hundred miler, but yeah, medal marathon, Medoc, beerathon, beerathon, lots good. of different things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been good. It's been good. So we, well, we thought for the first episode, 
we're going to introduce a story or a theme or, or something each week. We thought for the first one because Jody's ad is best when he's moaning. <laughs> so we thought we'd start with the biggest, biggest question, worst race ever. It's amazing. After everything we've talked about, that the Sierra Leone wasn't the worst race. <laughs> <laughs> I do actually think we should come back to Sierra Leone because I think it's worth it's worth talking about races overseas at some point because there's a huge amount of difference in the way that people organise especially any race organised by the French which is a it is a it's a new experience completely but I was thinking about this if you do go and do the Sierra Leone Marathon anyone listening it's for the greatest charity on earth and yeah you can turn up to a, a marathon and have your bid number and queuing your pen and all these things. And unless you're going for a PB, then you want an experience. So go to Sierra Leone. Yeah. And no, have- it's a good marathon. And it's for a great cause. And all the bits like beforehand and stuff were great. Like when you visited the orphanage and, you know, the work they're doing, things like that, which makes it even more difficult to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's why we, when, we can, when you put the article out, I was worried. This is the death of Street Child. <laughs> No, it was good. It'd be good to have some photography, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, rather than using your photos. (laughs) (laughs) So worst race, worst race. Okay, so we've talked about this. Now I was thinking about different races I've done, and one of the one of the hardest races that I did was the first time I did an ultra, and also doing the Transalpine. That was difficult for a lot of non-running reasons. But I think the race that I did that was easily my worst, easily my worst in terms of how I felt and everything, was the race that we alluded to earlier, the one where I was given 90 minutes notice in the morning. <laughs> so, so just to, again, again, this is this is your involvement, which is very important thing. Was it, a couple, was it last year? It was last year, wasn't it? Last year, you and, a, and a, a few of your friends were pacing the Brighton Marathon and you were going out for a, a, a pasta or pizza dinner in Brighton the night before and you invited me out so I was like yeah cool that'd be good go to Brighton <laughs> night before the marathon that's it and a good experience and stuff like that and after getting over the initial shock that people in Brighton before a marathon ordering pizza and pasta in a pizza and pasta restaurant with the staff there we got down to talking about it and you said you jokingly said to me so are you running tomorrow which <laughs> when I was like yeah yeah whatever so <laughs> I proceeded to drink heavily and eat <laughs> as much as I wanted. Uh, all, all the time, you continue going, well, I can get you a place. I can get you a place as you started texting someone. So I was like, that's it's ridiculous. You're, no, you're never going to get me a place the day before. You, I was right. You didn't get me a place the day before. <laughs> so, so I go to bed and I wake up at half seven in the morning to get my daughter out of bed. And as I go up, all of a sudden, my text message goes on my phone. And, and you're like, I've got you a place. Are you coming? And I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> no, what do I do? I, the thing is with me, it's impossible to like offer me a race and me to say no. It's like the challenge of it is just, it's too. That's a challenge to our listeners. Just yeah. make up a race. <laughs> make make just up a race. Make the worst to, race it's possible. Me to say no. And then challenge him and film it and send yeah. it in. Just, that could maybe every week. It's, what shit race could we challenge Jamie to do this week? Actually, that sounds like the editorial policy at Men's Running when I was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it was my turn to go out with my daughter in the morning. So I just woke my wife up and said, um, yeah, can you uh, drop me in Brighton? I, I want to I run the marathon. So, of course, I get my, I get my stuff on, throw it together. Yeah, yeah, before that, before that, you phoned me back. Oh, yeah, no, that's it. Exactly. <laughs> I was thinking, this could be the greatest prank of all time. <laughs> <laughs> By the time that I get to Preston Park, 
I'm standing there and everyone's gone. And you're just... <laughs> that would be good. I should have done that now. You should have done that. You should have done that. Lone figure walking across the park <laughs> going like, I thought they got me a place. And so, yeah, so I turned up and you were getting stuff ready and stuff. And still, I was, at this point, I was thinking that it, I'm, I'm still not sure whether you're going to get it and stuff. And so I said, yeah, pick it up from the girl. <laughs> and you told me the story of like, you went to the, the tent to get the registration tent to get my number off the girl. And you told him something ridiculous, like my, I was going to run it in like three hours 30 <laughs> or something like that, like beating my PB by like 50 minutes or something. <laughs> and and you said that to her and told her I was an ultra runner. And then she looked at the time and she said, not much of an ultra runner, <laughs> which, which <laughs> sums it up really. It just uh, sums it up perfectly. So yeah, so I was like, you know, I was, th- I was thinking actually at this point, I got it. Actually, this is great. This is great. You know, I, I don't need race prep pressure. I'm an experienced marathon runner. God damn it. I'm going to run it. I'm just, I can turn up on a day and just run it. And I was thinking, this is perfect. This is great. How, how long did that pass in love? Three miles. Three miles. <laughs> I, I was the... I was incredibly, I was incredibly smug for three miles. Thinking, look at me, I'm the man. I can run. I can just get up and run a marathon. I can run a marathon. And I like Is that a five k PB as well. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> the reality hit home. Really did hit home. It was terrible. I just had the worst experience of my life. My sister came on. She was on the course, and uh, she said to my mum, "Goes, it looks like he just got out of bed." <laughs> He did. He did just get out of bed. I added. No, your sister was there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a story for another time, isn't it? That is, that's for no time at all. <laughs> move but on, yeah, move on. It was a terrible experience. I added an incredible 45 minutes to my marathon rest. Did he have any gels with you or anything like that? Or? I had nothing. I had nothing with me at all. It was just, it was so, it was completely so, I always, the thing is, when you, and this is like a really important point, when you when you run a lot of marathons, you're an experienced marathon runner, I didn't, I never really thought of myself as an experienced marathon runner, I never really thought that I had a routine or preparation, or I prepared that much, and when it happened, I realised, actually, I do have a routine, and I do prepare, and it's just, it, it's sort of become just part of what I do now before I do a race and and, and it's actually very important and by taking it away I'd played the greatest worst experiment of all time by seeing <laughs> I couldn't actually I couldn't actually cope with it so you're Rocky 3 yes I was yeah I was similar similar weight <laughs> much heavier <laughs> much heavier <laughs> not as good of an outcome in the end <laughs> well no we don't but, know. but what we a story the next one it could be the next marathon you smash it hold on to that yeah, I will hold on to that. <laughs> hey, listener. Thanks for listening so far. In an ironic but not unsurprising twist, after criticising other podcasts for being too long, we ended up bleating on for more than an hour on this one. So to make this more palatable for you, we've cut this first episode in half. To continue listening, head on over to episode one, part two, where you'll hear what David's worst race is, and believe me, it sounds hellish, we hear from some non-existent listeners and we end the podcast in the most ridiculous fashion. You really do have to hear it to believe what happens. See you over in episode one, part two.